0: This is the One Verse Podcast, where we liberate scripture from religion one verse at a time. Welcome to the One Verse Podcast. I'm your teacher for this podcast, Jeremy Myers. It's 2018. And with this year, I'm going to move a little bit away from my study through books of the Bible verse by verse and look at individual verses throughout Scripture that some people seem to have problems with and struggle with, that you might have questions about. And hopefully give you some answers, some direction on how to understand those verses in light of Jesus Christ and Him crucified, and also especially in light of the absolutely free, amazing grace that we have from God because of His great love for us. So we're jumping in with that today, and eventually I do want to get back to my study of books of the Bible verse by verse, so if that was your preference, I will get back to that eventually. That's sort of my bread and butter. It's what I enjoy the most, uh, but uh, this is going to allow me to get caught up on some other projects as well. And um, I think that you will also enjoy these studies. So today we're going to be looking at the book of First John, sort of a few keys on how to understand that verse. We'll be looking at two verses in particular uh, that have caused trouble for lots of people, especially these concepts and ideas in 1 John that seem to imply that true Christians will not sin. So if that's your struggle, stick around. And uh, we'll learn what 1 John is actually teaching, okay? Now, I do want to say as well that a lot of these studies and verses are going to be drawn from my online courses and some of my other books that I am writing and putting out this year or have put out in the past. And uh, so I will try to mention what those are. This particular study is coming from my online course, The Gospel Dictionary. The Gospel Dictionary looks at fifty-two keywords of the gospel. Um, you know, one for every week of the year, I guess. If you wanted to take it that way, nice little study if you did it that way. And um, you can take the Gospel Dictionary online course by joining my discipleship group online. All right, uh, anybody who joins the Faith, Hope, or Love discipleship level. It's access to all of the courses at no additional charge. It's over $1,000 in courses uh, that are available there now, and I'm adding more all the time. That's the plan anyway. And the Gospel Dictionary course is one of those, okay? So it's it's hundreds of hours of teaching, all available to you, no additional charge, once you become a, a member of the discipleship group. Uh, those members also get access to our private Facebook group. Lots of great discussions going on there. We have conference calls, video conference calls. We're going to start doing that uh, this year as well. And a whole bunch of free books, uh, all sorts of great stuff when you join the discipleship group. All right, so if that sounds interesting to you, just go to redeeminggod.com slash join. Sign up and uh, begin your journey with us. Okay, so today we're going to be looking at a couple of verses out of 1 John. And the book of 1 John really is a battleground for uh, the issues of good works and sin in the life of a Christian. In fact, I remember when I was in Bible college, I was walking through the library at Moody Bible Institute where I, I got my undergraduate studies, and one of my favorite professors there, Dr. John Hart, was having a little debate in the lobby of the library there with one of the students, okay? And here is how the debate went. Uh, And I I, I promise you, I, I remember it so vividly. I am quoting this debate verbatim. All right, beginning with the student. No one who is born of God will continue to sin because God's seed remains in them. They cannot go on sinning because they've been born of God. 1 John 3, 9. Dr. John Hart. If we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar and his word is not in us. 1 John 1.10 Student Yeah, but no one who is born of God will continue to sin because God's seed remains in them. They cannot go on sinning because they have been born of God. 1 John three nine. Dr. John Hart Yes, and if we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar and his word is not in us. 1 John 1.10 Student No one who is born of God will continue to sin because God's seed remains in them. They cannot go on sinning because they have been born of God. 1 John 3.9 Dr. John Hart If we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar and his word is not in us. 1 John (laughs) 1.10 And that's how the debate went, until they both got tired of it, all right? It's interesting, this debate between the professor and the student, Dr. John Hart and one of his students, consisted of nothing but quoting two different verses from the book of 1 John, which seemed to absolutely contradict each other, all right? Uh, and so to understand both of these verses, and in fact, the book of 1 John as a whole, we really need to understand... Um, Really a couple of keys about first John and w- and there's lots of these well both all of them we look at in my gospel dictionary course but one of these keys to help you understand the book of first John is the word abide all right uh, it's sometimes translated as remain in your Bible translations all right so abide what does the word abide mean? The word abide means to remain. That's why that also is a good translation. It can also mean to continue or to dwell. I like to think of the word abide as living in a house, uh, you know, abiding in a dwelling place. And of course, when you're living in a house, uh, you are following the rules of, uh, you know, the, that of that household. Now, the Greek word for abide is meno. And um, again, Abide, remain, stay, continue, dwell. That's, those are all good translations. Here's what the word meno does not mean. Okay, take note of this very carefully. The word meno does not mean to have, to own, or to possess. And that is critical to understand when we see the word abide or remain in the book of First John. Now, I, I, we're gonna look at a couple of verses. We're gonna look at 1 John 2.6 and 1 John 2.17 that uses this word abide. Uh, but I want to tell you that it's very important when you are studying the book of First John, okay, to not ever use the New International Version, the NIV. Look, overall, the NIV is a fine translation, okay. And I know lots of people love it. It's what you grew up with, it's easy to read, so on and so forth. But I promise you, the NIV translation of First John is the worst translation I have ever seen of biblical texts. Time and time again, they add words, they take words out, they switch words around. They have completely, the translators, the NIV translators of 1 John have completely turned the meaning of 1 John upside down and backwards and inside out. All right, if you read 1 John in the NIV, now I know all of you are flipping to your <laughs> NIV translation uh, of 1 John to try to find out what I'm talking about. Look, uh, read through it. Uh, read Fine, read through it, the NIV, and I don't know, any other translation. The New American Standard, the New Revised Standard version, um, even the King James. New King James is great. That's what I use, New King James, and, and compare it. You're going to most of it's the same. Okay, I get it. But there's a couple of verses that they have just... Just completely mangled, and it it, um, it it makes people get the wrong impression about First John. That's where most of the debates coming from, the NIV translation of First John about the, you know the, the difficulties in First John. Anyway, um, so so uh, the abide. Oh, and by the way, why do I say that? Because sometimes um, they do translate the word abide, meno, as have, own, or possess. And uh, that's not a, a correct translation, and it gives people the wrong impression about what John was writing in the book, okay? Anyway, First John, uh, the first verse we want to look at is 1 John 2.6. And the text says, he who says he abides in him ought himself also to walk just as he walked. All right, so again, the people get the impression from this that if you are truly a Christian, this is how some people teach it, well, if you claim that you are a Christian, you abide in him, you're in Christ, right? That's Paul's phrase. If you claim to be in Christ, is again, that's from Paul, not from John, then you need to walk as Jesus walked. And how did Jesus walk? Well, he walked a sinless life, so therefore you need to walk sinless too if you are really a Christian. That's sometimes how this verse is taught. But notice that John is not saying that, okay? John is talking about abiding in him. And the word abiding means to remain, to dwell, to live with, to fellowship with him. So John is, he's not saying if you're a Christian and you are going to live a sinless life like Jesus. No, John is saying that um, if you are abiding with Jesus, then you're going to follow Jesus wherever he he leads so that you can live and love like Jesus. And notice, most importantly, that there is nothing whatsoever in this verse about eternal life. All right? Go read it. You're not going to find it. Instead, this is a truth about living in fellowship with Jesus. It's another key word we're going to be looking at in the Gospel Dictionary, by the way. It also is a key word to help you understand 1 John, the difference between fellowship and relationship. You can have a relationship with somebody, but not be in fellowship with them okay? If you are estranged from your parent, or maybe your child, or maybe a friend you had in high school, you know, but really family relationships are the best. Because when you are born into a family, you begin uh, an everlasting relationship, or especially a relationship during this life with that person. But because life happens, sometimes that relationship, things happen, and you stop talking to them, stop, stop hanging out with them. Maybe you don't email them, don't call them on the phone anymore, you don't don't get together at holidays, all right? So you are out of fellowship, but you still have the relationship, right? Nothing can can, can can break that. all right so that's helpful. John is writing about how to have fellowship okay? It's not about relationship. okay so that's what he's talking about here. If you want to have fellowship with Jesus, that's what he's talking about in the context, then yeah, you need to abide with him, you need to remain with him. you got to hang out with him. You can't have fellowship with Jesus unless you hang out with Jesus. That just makes sense, right? But if you're going to hang out with Jesus, well, he sort of has some guidelines, and he wants you to imitate him, be like him, follow him, listen to him, learn from his example, and do what he did. That's all that John is saying here, and that makes perfect sense when you think about it. The reason we follow Jesus is so we can live and love and be like Jesus. And so the one who claims, is what John is saying, The one who claims to be remaining, living, following Jesus as his disciple, well, proof is in the pudding. (laughs) You sort of need to live like Jesus if that's going to be your claim. Notice there's nothing in here about whether or not a person has eternal life. John is just saying, if you are not living and loving like Jesus, then clearly you're not in fellowship with him. You're not following him. Oh, sure, you may very well be a Christian. You may very well be part of the family of God you may very well have eternal life. We're not talking about that. We're talking about following Jesus, remaining with Jesus, abiding with Jesus. All right? Pretty simple, straightforward, right? Yeah, when you understand those two keys, abide and fellowship. All right, uh, next verse then is 1 John 2.17. And it says, uh, And the world is passing away, and the lust of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever. All right, so this first causes problems because uh, people read this this idea of abiding forever and they read into that this concept of eternal life. All right? And so they say, see, see First John 2:17 says that this world is passing away and the lusts in it and so you need to do the will of God in order to have eternal life. Like the NIV sort of gives that impression. Here's a really bad translation in the NIV. It basically says that the one who does the will of God uh, has eternal life. Well, well, that's not what John is writing about. Okay, He's not talking about living forever, about having eternal life. No, he's talking about abiding forever, remaining in fellowship with God forever, especially during this life but even in eternity to some degree, I suppose. Here's what John is saying. If you want to hang out with God, if you want to be a friend of God, if you want to have fellowship with God in this life and forever, well, then you have to do the will of God. Okay, uh, You're not going to be hanging out with God if you are living in light of the lusts of this world. Yes, you may very well have eternal life, You may very well have a relationship with God, be one of his children, but if you're not following God, obeying God, doing the will of God, well, you might be his child, but you're definitely not hanging out with God. Because because when you hang out with God, your behavior changes. You start doing the will of God. Look, it's very much like the story of the prodigal son in Luke 15. Did the prodigal son Did his relationship with his father, um, did it disappear? Did it vanish? When he left and went into a far country and squandered all of his inheritance, did he at that time stop being a son of the father? No, he was always a son. He remained a son. He was still a son. Uh, And the father kept looking and watching and waiting for his son to return. But what the son and the father did not have was fellowship. The prodigal son no longer abided. He no longer remained with his father, in fellowship with his father, when he was in the far country. Okay? It's the same thing John is teaching here. If you're going to remain with the father, in fellowship with your father, well, you got to do the will of your father. And if you're not doing the will of your father— well, that doesn't say anything, one way or another, about your eternal life. What it says is you're not in fellowship and you're not abiding, you're not remaining with the Father. All right? So that's, in fact, that's even what John goes on to say in First John 2.19. If we remain in fellowship with God, that's also how we remain in fellowship with one another. All right, uh, you know, let's look at one more verse. First John 3.14 and 15. We know that we have passed from death to life because we love the brethren. He who does not love his brother abides in death. Whoever hates his brother is a murderer, and you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. Okay, so this gets tricky and troublesome because we actually do have this phrase, eternal life, there. Okay? Uh, and so, and this idea of being passed from death to life, okay, uh, and, and this, this whole concept here abides in death, okay, and so again, people read this and they think, oh, so the someone who hates his brother, that means they don't have eternal life. That means they are still, they, they never crossed from death into life, you know, using, again, Paul's terminology. And so therefore, someone who hates somebody, well, they're not a true Christian, and that's sometimes how this verse gets taught. But is that really what John is teaching? No, it is not. Again, the NIV unhelpfully translates this, takes out this, it completely removes the word abide. (laughs) The NIV translation of 1 John 3.15 reads, you know that no murderer has eternal life in him. (laughs) But that's not what John wrote. John says, you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. NIV just completely rips that word out. It's gone. (laughs) And, And therefore changes the entire meaning of the verse as well. In fact, you think about it. Moses was a murderer, right? King David was a murderer, right? The Apostle John was a murderer, right? But we all expect that we will see them in eternity, right? So they have eternal life, all right? Scripture does not agree with the NIV's translation of 1 John 3.15. Let's just put it that way. So what do we need to do? We need to properly understand what John wrote in 1 John 3.15. And what's that? Well, that word abide really helps. John put the word abide in there for a reason, and we can't take it out. Look, here's what John is saying. When a person murders, it's because they are no longer abiding or remaining in. In fellowship with God, in in the reality of their eternal life that they have in Jesus Christ. In other words, when a person has eternal life and they are abiding and remaining in, in living in the reality of that eternal life, well, then they will not be led to murder or will not be led to hate their brother. All right, when a Christian lives in hate, Towards someone else, this does happen, right? (laughs) Maybe you hate somebody, Uh, maybe a politician, maybe a family member, maybe an old friend, maybe your neighbor, maybe a coworker, your boss. Okay, when you hate somebody, this doesn't mean you're not a Christian. It means that the reality, the truth of your eternal life that you do have through Jesus Christ, it means that that it's not taking root, it's not having an effect in that part of your life. It means that in that particular part of your life, you are not following Jesus. Okay? Jesus, when we follow Jesus, when we are abiding, remaining, living with Jesus, he doesn't lead us towards hate and murder. He leads us towards love and light. Right? And that is what John clearly means in this context. In fact, even in the context, 1 John 3:17 John writes that when the love of God abides in us and we are living in the light of God's love, then we help our brothers in need rather than hate them. And by the way, NIV, again, deletes the word abide from 317 and completely changes the meaning upside down. So so look, John is saying uh, if, if you hate your brother... He's not saying, well, then that means you don't have eternal life. No, it it means that if you hate your brother, then you're not abiding in the truth, the reality, the fact of your eternal life. All right? So when you hate others, um, it's not the eternal life you have from God that's causing you to hate. Again, you get some Christians that say that. You know, I have a holy hate. No, you don't. (laughs) You just have human fleshly hate. It doesn't come from God. doesn't come from Jesus. It comes from your flesh. Anyway, eternal life does not lead you to hate, but leads you to love. And so if you're hating rather than loving, that's not coming from eternal life. It's coming from your fleshly human side. It's coming because in that area of your life, you're no longer abiding, remaining in fellowship with God and with each other. All right, and we can go through. There's a couple other verses in 1 John that can be helped with this understanding of the word abide. I'll let you read 1 John studying on your own. Again, eventually, I want to do a verse-by-verse study of 1 John. might be a couple years before we get to that, Uh, and so we'll see how it goes. But uh, I think this will give you some tips and suggestions and guidelines on studying the verse for yourself, or studying the book for yourself. Like, for example, 1 John 3.9. It does contain the word abide. Uh, but it also talks about God's seed abiding or remaining in the one who's born of God. I think that you could go do a little study on your own and uh, see what that means. All right. And uh, if you want to share your insights on what you think 1 John 3.9 means, or if you have questions about 1 John as a whole, or um, the word abide, or maybe a particular passage in 1 John, please uh, join my online discipleship group. Just go to redeeminggod.com slash join. And uh, you can leave your question or comment in the Facebook group. You'll be you'll receive an immediate invitation to join our Facebook group. And uh, we have a great group there. Loves discussing passages and questions and discussions uh, about Scripture. So you can post your insights on 1 John 3, 9 there. Or your questions about 1 John in general. All right, I can't wait to see you there. Uh, by the way, to join, just go to redeeminggod.com slash join. And uh, all the details afterwards will be coming to your email inbox there is a fee to join the uh, redeeminggod.com discipleship group right now you can join at the monthly level it's nine dollars a month but you get your first month free just as a trial uh, first month Uh, or you can join at the yearly level right now that is eighty nine dollars a month uh, and uh, you pay that you're basically getting two months free forever as long as you're a member okay i'm pretty sure both those prices are going to be going up soon So get in now, lock in your price at that rate, okay? Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you in the next podcast episode, where I believe we're going to be looking at Romans 9, 3, where Paul basically expresses his desire to go to hell. (laughs) But is that really what he was talking about when he wished that he could be accursed and cut off from Christ for the sake of his brethren, the Jewish people? Well, join us then. We'll look at 1 John 3, 9 to see what Paul was really talking about. See you then.